Hallelujah. Well, I hope you've got your mind made up today. I'm not turning back now. Let me tell you, one step with him is too far to turn around. It's only going to get sweeter as the days go by. been a lot of a lot of miles with the Lord at this point in my life but I'm not turning back now we'll always have opportunity the scripture even said in one place if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came they had opportunity to return but I don't want to go back to the country that he called me out of. I don't want to go back to the place that I was before Jesus said, follow me. I'm not turning back now. My goodness, I love the Lord. Well, I feel his presence today. I'm thankful for the spirit of the Lord in this house. I'm thankful. I pray the blessings of the Lord Jesus be on you wherever you are right now. Oh, Jesus. God's so good to us today. Thankful for him. I, I know i got to get to preaching today. But we've just so just overwhelmed by the Spirit of the Lord in this place today. And I'm thankful for it. I want to say I appreciate all the ones that are here singing and playing, doing media and music and sound and all of the things that help make this uh, live stream possible. I know that everybody's ready to get back to the sanctuary and we're heading in that direction, believe me. But we'll, we'll get there by the will of the Lord. So you just hang in there. But be faithful. Be faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to church while we're in this season because uh, God's doing something even in this time. Praise God. Mark chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, if you're following along today at home and those that are here following along today, Mark chapter 5, we'll start in verse 21. Thank God for his mercy today. I'm thankful for the power of the Lord today. That he can do anything, no matter what the situation is, no matter where you find yourself at in the situation, that the Lord is able today to change it. When the Lord's on your side, things don't have to always stay the same. People say, well, I don't like change. But man, if you serve the Lord, you're always asking him to change things. So, so quit saying you don't like change. You, you do when things are not going your way. And you know, God knows what's best. And sometimes he, he knows how to fix things. And if we'll just call on his name, he's going to change things in this country, change things in our lives, change things in this church. I'm thankful for what the Lord can do. We're about to see him do something great here in the scripture. In Mark 5 and 21, it says that when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, that much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, 
Come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought today. To live a life. To live a life. Would you pray right now and ask God to open our hearts and ears to his word and pray for your pastor as he preaches this morning that I can give a word that would minister to someone today. Let's pray together. Precious Lord, we love you in this house. We're thankful, God, for what you're doing in this season. We believe in you and we trust you today. Lord, I ask you now for a few moments to anoint these lips of clay. Lord, and speak a word to someone somewhere that their life could be changed, impacted, and made better forever. God, we're going to praise you and give you all the honor and the glory for you alone are worthy. We ask these things in the only name given among men, whereby we must be saved, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What a great God. Wherever you are, be seated if you're not already. And thank you for tuning in today to live a life. I want to tell someone today that Jesus wants more for you than to just be alive. But he wants you to live a life. If we were in the middle of something that was threatening our life, we would, first and foremost, our main thought, I just got to survive this. I've just got to stay alive. If you found yourself stranded out in the wilderness somewhere, lost and away from people, and, and uh, you didn't know how to get back, your first thought would be, how can I stay alive till I can get out of here? And then... Uh, you know, any situation that you might be in, if you found yourself stricken with this virus, your thought is, I just got to stay alive. But after you survive it, there is a life to live. It's not enough simply to just be alive. You know, there's people today that say, well, I don't have any life. Uh, They're alive. What do they mean? You mean they're not dead talking to you? Uh, they, they're living, breathing, they're walking, talking, they, they have a job, they, they have family, they even have friends, but they go, I just don't have a life. I have no life. And we've told people before, hey, get a life. Why, were they dead? No, they weren't dead. But we were trying to tell them, do something with yourself, you know, and uh, get out of my business or something. Get a life, you know, and, and uh, there is a, a life that Jesus wants us to live. He wants us to be more than just living and breathing and taking up space, but he he wants us to live a life. And when Jairus comes to Jesus, his daughter is at the point of death. And she's not dead yet, but he says she's lying at the point of death. And I pray, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. I was just reading uh, one day while I was studying, nothing big, just, but I'm big on studying individual words, and I, I just thought, I know what he's saying, but let me just look up the word live. And while it does translate to be alive, it also translates to live a life. There is more to uh, this life, there was a song I was singing this morning, than just living and dying. 
There's more than just sitting here, breathing, taking up space, and not doing anything. It's more than just being alive that Jesus wants you to be. He wants you to live alive. He's got plans for you, the scripture says, plans of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. He knows what he's doing in your life because he will finish that work that he has started in your life. He said, I'm going away to prepare a place, but while I'm gone, I've got some things I want you to do. I don't want you just sitting around staring at the sky, but I want you to do some things. I want you to live a life. And while this woman, uh, this young lady, actually, she was 12 years old. Just 12, and uh, it's bad when people that are that young have to deal with, this is the end of my life. You know, as she lay there and she began to get worse, uh, you know that she had to be thinking, this is not fair. Uh, All my other friends are outside playing and running around, and I'm 12. I shouldn't have this kind of weight on me that I am looking at the end of my life, that I feel like I don't have anything to live for, that this is about to be the end of me. And it's sad today that we have young people and kids, even in this world today, that they're at that young age of 10, 11, 12 years old, they, they take their life because they feel like there is no life to live. They were alive. They were at school. They, were, they had a family. They were doing things day to day, but they felt like they didn't have a life to live. Let me tell you, when you don't have Jesus in your life, you'll feel like there's nothing left to live for. But as long as we've got him, hey, let me tell you, as long as we have Jesus, in him is light, and his light is the life of men. I'm glad today that I have something to live for, and that's Jesus, my king. One day I'm going to see him coming with clouds. One day I'm going to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. It might get rough and it might get rocky on this road of life, but let me tell you, I'm living for eternity. I've got a life to live so I can walk through the gates. I've got a life to live so I can keep my name written down in the Lamb's book of life. It's going to be more than just living. It's going to take more than just being alive to get there. And so he said, just think of this father. He he came when it was bad and he wanted it to be better. He said, I want her to be healed so she can live. Um, let me tell you, he, he wanted more because she wasn't dead. She wasn't dead. He said, she's at the point of death. He said, I want her to live, be healed and live a life. I've watched her have to stay inside as this sickness got worse. I watched her not be able to do the things a normal 12-year-old does uh, while this thing has gotten worse. I watched this creep in on her and and, and begin to suck the life out of her. And and she's not the same as she was a few months ago. And and she's getting weaker by the day. And I know she's at the point of death, but I want to see her living her life. Hey, any dad, any parent wants to see their children live, not just be alive. He wanted her to live a life. He wanted to celebrate milestones with her. He wanted to maybe watch her get married one day. He wanted to see those grandchildren one day. He wanted to see what she would become in this world. He, he didn't just want her to be alive, sitting at home, uh, just living and breathing and not doing anything, just, just a shell of what she could be. He said, I've watched the daughter that I have loved so much and watched her grow. I've watched her become this incredible young lady, and then I watched this sickness and this disease begin to pull out of her what she could be. 
Let me tell you, things will happen to you in this world that will begin to pull the life that Jesus intended you to have out of you. It'll begin to, to, to drain you, to, to pull your life force out. It'll begin to, to, to kill your ministry, to kill your zeal, to kill your desire. Let me tell you, there ain't nothing worse than the death of desire, the death of, of the will to keep on living. You've got to have will that I, there's something that you got to know that there's more. It might be bad, but I can't quit living. It might be rough, but I can't quit living. I've got to keep on living. I'm talking to somebody today, maybe in here or maybe out there listening to me. Maybe something happened to you when you was just 10, 11, or 12, and, and it's affected you now. Maybe you're an adult with your own family and your own children, and it has affected you today. You still can't go to sleep at night without thinking about it. You can't look in the mirror without thinking about it, and you are not the person that you thought you would be because of it. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus wants you to be more than just alive. He has a life for you to live. He wants you to get over it. It was horrible. It was tear jerking. It was grievous. It, it, it broke you. But hey, you're still alive. But it, you got to be more than just alive. You've got to live the life that Jesus wants you to live. He never intended for us. To just be, hey, uh, it, listen, surviving, praise God that we survive it. But listen, he didn't want you to just be a living, breathing uh, statue, memorial of what you came through. He wants you to take that testimony and let somebody else know if I made it, you can make it. If I can come out of it, you can come out of it. Hey, quit trying. Listen, after Jesus has brought you through it, you quit trying to fix it and just live the life now for him. Let me tell you, the, the best victory you can have, the best life you can have is to go on and be happy, to go on and have peace, to go on and have joy and just live your life. Hey, like you're going to heaven one day. I'm not trying to belittle what you went through. I know it was bad. It was bad for this little girl. It was bad for all the loved ones watching her life slip away. It was bad for everybody in this situation. But Jesus never intended or to her to just be alive because she would have a life to live. Sometimes all we can see is the little things that Jesus can do. Just heal her. It doesn't matter how bad it gets, Jesus is still able. She was sick. She was at the point of death. Things were bad as it could be, and she was going through it. But let me tell you, Jesus can do more than just make you a survivor. He can do more than just make you alive. He can give you a life to live. When Jesus and Jairus are on their way to the house in verse 35, it says he had just finished, Jesus had just finished speaking to the woman with the issue of blood and told her her faith had made her whole and while he was speaking these words of faith, and I'm sure Jairus was amazed looking at this miracle that had just happened before him, and I'm sure it filled him with hope because if this woman who had had this issue for 12 years could be made whole, surely his 12-year-old daughter could be made whole. And I'm sure excitement welled up inside of him, but then he heard these words from the people at his house, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any farther. Death to them in that time was the ultimate victorious enemy. 
That's why they looked at Jairus and said, don't bother Jesus anymore. It's over. When people died back then, they said, that's it. It's over. It's done. And, and so quit, quit bothering Jesus. Quit praying. Quit fasting. Quit, quit seeking the one who can make it better. And let's go plan a funeral. Come on. Come on home. Let's grieve. Let's have the tears. Let's, but he came to Jesus for a reason. He came to him so he could see a miracle. And as soon as Jesus heard the words, it said, he looked at Jairus and said, Be not afraid, only believe. I want to tell you today, I don't care how bad it's getting in your life. I don't care how certain it looks like that everything is over, that they're about to roll the stone over you. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Somehow dig down deep into your faith and realize that if Jesus can heal you, he can also raise you from the dead. He is the resurrection and he is the life. There ain't nothing too hard for the Lord. And whatever you went through, maybe it feels like it took the very life out of you. It took the will to live out of you. It took the desire to live out of you. But today, don't be afraid. Only believe. Who you were before is who you will be again, and you'll do greater things even than that. Listen, Jesus didn't come just to make you alive, but he came to give you a life to live. Maybe it felt like it tore your whole world and turned it upside down, and maybe, honey, it did. But let me tell you, Jesus can put it right side up. He can fix what's broken. He can heal what's hurt. Let me tell you, he makes all things new. You're trying to be good and do good, trying to atone for things that happened in your life that were not even your fault. It's not her fault she got sick and died. She shouldn't have to, after she comes back to life, she shouldn't have to try to make that right. Somebody hurt you when you were younger. That's a shame, but it ain't your fault. And let me tell you, the ones that are in your life now, they love you. And you ain't got to try to make up for something you're lacking. When Jesus brings you out of it, he brings you all the way out of it. You got a life to live for Jesus today. The reason you survived it is so you could live for Jesus. The reason you survived it is so you could tell your kids about Jesus. The reason you survived it is so you could tell somebody else, I came through it and so can you. The reason you're still alive and breathing today is not so you can sit around and remember how bad it was, but it's to remember how good it is now that Jesus has come on the scene. Don't be afraid, only believe. It says that from that point, Jesus suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, John, the brother of James, and he comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, they get to Jairus' house and they see the, all the things that are going on and those that wept and they wailed greatly. They put on a show. And he said, when he came in the house, he said, why do you make this ado or this fuss and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. I tell you today, everybody else thought she was dead. See, because they laughed him to scorn. They started laughing at Jesus. They were laughing at the Messiah. They were laughing him to scorn him, and he put them all out. Get out of here. Jesus sees your situation differently than you do. Many times we are so sure that it is over. They said she's dead. He says she's asleep. 
Why are you carrying on like this? She's just asleep. Hey, you know what? Sleepers have dreams. Somebody ought to be hearing me right now. It don't stop the dreams of a better life when you're sleeping. <laughs> Let me tell you what, while you're sleeping, you're dreaming of how good it could be. You're dreaming of, you've got dreams of how you want to see your life. You've got dreams of what's going on. Maybe whatever has hit you has put you to sleep, but you still have dreams of a better life. You have dreams of overcoming. And hey, you want to tell you another thing about, dream, about people that sleep? They wake up. Woo! They wake up, and when they wake up, they don't just stay in the bed, but they get up. They put their feet on the floor. They get their clothes on. They, they get out, and they start living a life. Let me tell you, I know that it's been rough, and I know it's been bad. And, and Let me tell you, but while you feel like, hey, I'm asleep, and it, it, it ain't over, those dreams that you had can still happen. To be the best mom or the best dad that you could ever be, it can still happen. To be the best husband or best wife, it can still happen. To be a minister, a preacher of the gospel, a, a missionary, it can still happen. Hey, to be that, that, that evangelist uh, or whatever it is you want to do in the church, you think, well, this happened and that happened. This tore me down and this beat me up and it's, it's just abused me and there's nothing left. It don't matter what's left. Jesus can take what's left and make something great out of it. Even if we die, if it kills our desire, if we can just get back to Jesus, we can be what he wants us to be. Woo, if you can dig down deep today and realize uh, this ain't where I want to stay. Uh, I don't want to be dead. Uh, I don't want to be asleep. Uh, I don't want to be without life. Uh, I want to live my life. I don't want to just be sitting around look, watching the world pass me by. I don't want to be sitting by watching the church pass me by. I don't want to sit around while everybody else is getting theirs. I'm going to get mine too. I know a man today and his name is Jesus and he's able to fix your life, honey. You better listen to me. Somebody out there today listening on this podcast or this live stream, you better hear what I'm saying. Whatever broke you in the past, it's about to get fixed right here in the presence in the name of Jesus. You ought to lift your hands right now. Hey, I don't even know what you got. Whatever it was, lift your hands right now. Mend me, oh God. Fix me, oh God. Oh, it was awful. It was terrible. I mean, it was wicked what happened. But let me tell you today, Jesus still makes all things new. Praise God. Ooh, there's a difference. There's a difference between carrying a testimony and carrying weight. He told me to lay weight aside. But after you lay that weight aside, you got a testimony. There's a difference in carrying a testimony and carrying weight. Weight will become sin because eventually that weight will cause you not to have faith. And anything that's not faith is sin. And the Bible says the just shall live, hello, by faith, live a life. By faith, you start carrying weight long enough, it becomes faithlessness and it becomes sin. You, you're carrying that weight because you think Jesus can't do nothing with it. The Bible said, lay it aside and look unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. You got to learn to lay that stuff down. You got to lay it aside. You got to put it behind you. You got to keep moving forward and let it get in your rearview mirror. You got to live your life. Praise God. And so 
Jesus saw the situation a little differently. He saw it differently than anybody else there. Everybody else, let's take a poll, everybody in this room. What's wrong with this girl? She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. Dead, dead, dead. She's asleep. Only Jesus saw it as something different. Because we don't talk about waking dead people up. We talk about waking sleeping people up. And Jesus said to me, the resurrection and the life, she's just sleeping. I don't care. They can be her, her mom thought she was dead. Her dad, dead. Those closest to you might feel like, oh, you're dead. No, uh, I got Jesus. I'm just sleeping. <laughs> I got Jesus. I'm just sleeping. Oh, it's rough. Oh, it, it, yeah, it's rough. You don't see much out of me right now, but, but I'm about to wake up. It's about to be different. The situation's about to change. There's another verse coming. Something's about to happen. Jesus is about to do something. Woo! Let me tell you, those closest to you that watched you go through it said, that's it, it took them out. But you say, oh, no, you might think I'm dead. They might think I'm dead. The enemy might tell you I'm dead. But Jesus said, they just sleeping. Ooh, come on, somebody, let me see here. Hey, hey, he puts everybody out. Get out of here. All you people talking about dead, get out of here. And then the only one in there, they, they, they go in with the mom and dad, go into where the girl's laying at, and he takes her by the hand. She didn't jump up. Let me tell you, dead or alive, he still got you by the hand. She ain't moving yet. <laughs> Don't worry, I got you. Oh, my situation ain't changed yet. That's all right, I still got you. Oh, God, I feel like I'm struggling. I still got you. I still got you by the hand. Dead or alive, honey, let me tell you, Jesus has got you. He said, no man can pluck them out of my hand. And sometimes they, 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 they sleeping. What you call dead, they sleeping. But I still got them by the hand. Oh, she took, he reached down and took that little girl by the hand and said, let me tell you, I'm taking authority over everything right now. I'm the master of it all, and I got it by the hand. Hey, he's the master of it, and he's got you by the hand today. You might feel like you're dead, like you're drying up, but he's got you by the hand. Hey, let me tell you, don't you give up. Just wait, because there's a word coming. He said he took her by the hand. Paul said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life can separate us. Paul, Paul knew what he was talking about. They stoned Paul one time, left him for dead. But the Lord didn't leave him. And then he popped open his eyes and hopped up. I believe he was asleep, taking a Holy Ghost nap while everybody looked at him and judged him. Oh, he's dead. He's dead. Oh, look at that bump on that head. He's dead. Bumps and bruises and cuts and all the things that happened. He popped up and said, hey, let's go preach. I got somewhere to be. I got somebody to pray for. I got somebody to minister to. It wasn't over. And while she was dead... She didn't even realize, because it says, the Bible says the dead know nothing. It says she didn't even realize that Jesus, the master, was holding her hand all along. You hear what I'm saying to you? Whatever you're going through, no matter how terrible, whether it was loss, illness, abuse, whatever it was, you know he had you by the hand the whole time. 
It was so bad you couldn't think of nothing good, but he had you by the hand this whole time. It drained your life, but he had you by the hand. It left you an empty shell, but he had you by the hand. It left you lifeless. It left you lifeless even in a familiar place. She was in her room. She was on her bed. She was in the presence of her parents. She was in a familiar place surrounded by people who loved her and and even in a familiar place surrounded by people that loved you and you felt like that's it, I'm gone, but Jesus still holding you by the hand. The one who was holding your hand, he's also got a word for you today. You better listen to me. He took her by the hand and he said unto her, Talithakumai, which is kalaboshotalaboka, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. That word, that word, arise. He was holding her while she was sleeping, while she was dead. Naturally, she was dead. To him, it's just sleep. But she was dead. And that word broke through death. It went through the darkest, deepest place. That, that, that death that had always had victory had to l- release her, had to let her go. Because it says straightway she arose. Let me tell you, when Jesus gives that command, you ain't got no choice but to get up. <laughs> you ain't got no choice but to get up. And he said, arise. And it says, and she arose. And she walked. She didn't just sit up on the bed and say, this is where I'll stay. It says she got up and she walked. Now, Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus said, we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's the same word that Jairus asked for in the beginning. Lord, I want you to Lay hands on her and she shall live. I want you to come and make her live. You know what Jesus did? He gave her a word. He touched her and then he said, arise. Let me give you something that will help you get past what's happened to you, honey. Arise. When he said arise, whatever was wrong wasn't wrong anymore. If it was kidney failure, there was no kidney failure no more. If it was lung condition, it wasn't a lung condition there anymore. If it was a heart condition or, or diabetes or, or cancer or, or whatever it could have been, whatever disease it was did not exist in that body just because he said one word, arise. He did not raise, resurrect her so she could be sick. He didn't just bring her back to life so she could stay on that bed. She got up and walked. She realized, he didn't say walk, he just said arise. But she got up and started walking because she realized once Jesus does a miracle in my life, I ain't going to sit here and think about how bad it was. This is where I died. This is where I took my last breath. Hey, she might not, she might have said, hey, you're going to have to build me another room because I ain't sleeping on that bed no more. That's where I died. But I'm going to sleep on a new bed. I'm going to walk in a new life. I'm going to walk in something different. And she got up and started walking. We walk by Faith. And we also live by faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. I'm so thankful that Jesus is the word made flesh that dwelt among us. Let me tell you, the word that brings life walked into that room and it spoke 
right there to this dead sleeping girl. She stood up and she walked. And I'll tell you something today. You've been waiting on this a long time, somebody. You've been waiting a long time to realize that Jesus is telling you it's okay to get off that bed of hurt. It's okay to get off that bed of abuse. Whatever happened to you, whatever hurt you, whatever broke you, whatever damaged you, it's time to get up and walk out of it and be the person that Jesus called you to be. We always say he came that we might have life. Well, he did. I've preached that scripture more in the last month or two than I think I ever have. But the Bible says, after the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. Same word, by the way, and, and uh, have it more abundantly. I, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I don't want you to just be alive. I want you to actually live a life. I want you to enjoy living for me. The Bible says we ought to serve the Lord with gladness. Hey, I'm not just going to, you know, God saved me from a lot of things, kept me alive, brought me back to life, but I'm not just going to sit there, hey, just be a a stone-cold memorial of what he did, but I'm going to live the life that he wants me to live. Jesus, the words he spoke made her alive and she walked. He never intended just to wake her up and leave her lying on her deathbed because she's not dead anymore. Why are you going to stay somewhere that Jesus has called you out of? Jesus has not held on to you so long so you could lie on your bed of affliction, the bed of that grief or that sorrow. I know, hey, it, it doesn't take away that it was real. Yes, it happened. She actually died. It was real. It's not fake. It wasn't pretend. She died. It was bad. People were weeping. People were grieving. People were mournful. And some people were just putting on a show. But, but I'm sure that mom and dad, they were, they were heartbroken to see their lifeless daughter laying there on that bed. But that's not where Jesus wanted her to stay. So he said, rise. They said she stood up and walked. She was 12 years old. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. And he commanded that something should be given her to eat. I remember reading this years ago, and it's like the Lord spoke to me and said, feed that miracle. Feed the miracle. When he resurrected her, there was not any sickness in her body. She was whole. Jesus don't do half a work. She was whole. But even Jesus knows, hey, once I'm done, you got to do something. Hello. We want Jesus to put some puppet strings on us after he does that miracle and say, now walk me around. Oh, no. Once I'm done, hey, listen, it's perfect. But now you got to maintain it. He said, feed her. Because if you don't, she's going to die again. The miraculous will begin to deteriorate, get weaker. It will starve, begin to recess back into the state of sickness and death unless it's fed. I don't know how long it takes to starve to death. I've never been that close to it, so I don't know. But if they had just set her up and said, hey, look, she's alive. Never feed her. Don't give her any water. Just alive, a prop a statue, a memorial. She's going to die shortly again. But what's going to happen is 
between that time and that death, it's going to get weaker. And people say, wow. I thought Jesus you know, resurrected and healed her. You, you got this funny idea that once he does a work in your life that you never have to do anything else. That ain't true. Uh, hey, it'd be nice, but it ain't true. It'd be nice if, hey, once he fixed it, hey, nothing's ever going to break again. I never had to do anything else about it. But he said, feed this miracle. She won't grow. You won't see her go to school. You won't see her get married. You won't see your grandchildren. You ain't going to see nothing else out of her except her get worse. If she don't eat, she's going to get weaker. Right after the miracle. When God does something in your life, it's not the time to sit down. It's not the time to quit, and it's not the time to give up. So many times we get such a great blessing from God, and we're like, "Woo! I could go on this for a few days. How come we don't do that with food? We eat breakfast, and then about 12 o'clock, when's lunch? Well, you ate at breakfast, you can go for a few days. No, I can't. If you eat breakfast and then work all day, work about 10 or 12 hours and don't put nothing in you, how you feel at the end of the day? Oh, I shouldn't feel weak. I ate a granola bar this morning. I shouldn't be weak like this. Jesus, you know, Jesus filled me with the Holy Ghost 12 years ago. Have you spoken in tongues since then? Well, no. <laughs> well, hello. The Bible says when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build yourself up. You're going to have to feed this thing that God's done. Yes, it's perfect at that beginning. It's as perfect as it can be. But if you don't invest in it, and if you don't work with it, and if you don't start living the life that he gave you, it's just going to get weaker. And it's going to get worse. And it'll be a very poor example of what Jesus actually did. It won't even be a testimony anymore except against you for ignoring it. That's why when the, the ruler gave those servants those talents, he, gave, he said, I'm going away here. He gave this one guy five, this one two, this one one. He takes off. One guy invests it. It starts growing. It starts working. Hey, he gets five more. He's like, it's doubling. It's working. I'm doing exactly what he left me here to do. The, the next guy, he invests his. It's doubling. It's working. He's doing exactly what the master asked him to do. The other guy, sitting on it, buried it, sitting on it. I'm just waiting for him to get back. And it's exactly the same. And he takes a get out of here. Worthless. Just cast him into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's unprofitable to me for that. I don't, the Lord say, I'm unprofitable. When he does a miracle in my life, I want to show the profit of it. I want to make sure that people see what he did. And the best way for people to see what God has done in your life is to live your life, not just be alive. That's a sad state of affairs to sit around and say, oh, I got saved 15 years ago, but I ain't been to church since. That's sad. Let me tell you, God's got something for you today. God's got something for you. That miracle was so incredible, it said people were astonished at what happened. And as good as it was at the beginning, if it's left unfed, it will not last. It will die again, and it will never live the life that it was intended this example is played over one more time, and I'm going to go through it so briefly, but I want to tell you what Jesus saved you from and brought you out of. It gave you a new life, but that will be wasted if you don't walk in it. She started walking. She got up. She started moving. 
is a testimony that it is overcoming power. But that will go unrealized if we just lie there till we die again. The power of what Jesus did and has done and has kept you through is amazing. But you will never realize the potential of it if you just lie there until you die again. We are not some kind of sideshow act for people to just come and gaze at. Because let me tell you, if they just set her up like that and say, come see the girl that Jesus raised from the dead. Eventually, they're going to quit coming when she can't even sit up in a chair. They're going to stop coming, and they're going to stop believing that anything actually even happened if she don't get up and live her life. But can't you imagine at 22, on her, maybe on her wedding day, and I know that would have been a little old for them getting married back then, but uh, could you imagine on her wedding day as she's getting ready and she's in there with her mother or her dad and they're talking and and she's like, I didn't know if this day would come, but if, and if Jesus had to stop by, it wouldn't have. But look what he's done, and, and look how he's blessed. And, and, or maybe she did something great. Maybe she became something great in that land. Who knows? A mighty prayer warrior, a woman of God. Maybe she was there on that day of Pentecost, and she was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. And maybe she was one of those ladies that ministered to those disciples. And I, I don't know, but I'm just telling you, she would never realize anything if she just stayed right there on that bed. Arise. Let the world see and show you what Jesus has done for you. This same situation happened again in the book of John. Chapter 11, a good friend that Jesus had named Lazarus was sick. But instead of going right there, this time Jesus just hangs around a few days. He knows that Lazarus is going to die. And so when they get ready to go, he tells his disciples, let's go. Lazarus is sleeping and there it is again. He's dead, been dead two days already. But now Jesus said our friend Lazarus is asleep, and I got to go wake him up out of his sleep. His disciples said, "Well, if he's sleeping, that's good. Let him, you know, let him rest." And he said, "Hey, Lazarus is dead. Let me just tell you. So on y'all's level, he's dead. To me, he's just sleeping. What you see is dead, and that's what they all saw out there at his house. When they get there, here comes Jesus, and he's getting ready to go to the tomb. They're like, "Man, he's been dead four days. He's stinking. He's, it's, you know." But if you had been here. Martha says, Lord, if you had just been here, he would not have died because you could have healed him. Again, thinking that the only thing Jesus is good for is healing. And he is good for that. He's the healer of all our diseases, but he's also the resurrection and the life. But what I like is what he said in uh, verse 23. Jesus said to her, when she says this to him, he says, your brother shall rise again. She still don't get it. Oh, I know at the last day, Lord, he's going to rise in the resurrection. I'm not talking about the resurrection in the last day. I'm talking about this mess he's in right now. I'm trying to tell you, you, you're so worried about heaven that you forget about what's going on right now. But I'm here to tell you today that you're going to rise up out of the mess you're in right now. Jesus has the power to get you out of what you're going through right now. He said, your brother is going to rise again. Oh, I know in the last day, Lord, I know one day he's going to bust up out of the ground and, and when you come to gather your saints, I, I realize all that. No, you don't get it. 
I'm fixing to bring him out of four days of death. I'm about to put back what was destroyed. Everything that got rotten is going to be made new. Everything that was decaying is going to be fixed. He ain't going to be sick. He's going to be walking, talking, living, breathing, seeing, hearing, loving, hugging, jumping, dancing, whatever he wants to do because I'm about to change it. He will rise again. You're going to rise again. It might feel like you're in the grave wrapped up in the stones rolled over you and you're getting colder by the minute. But honey, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus never intended for you to stay wrapped up in the tomb, but he came that you might have life. He's here to fix something. He's got a word for you today. Woo. Jesus says, I am the resurrection right now, not just in the future and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Same word. Not just to be alive, but to live a life. When you believe in him, we tell you, even if you feel dead, God's still got a life for you to live. When you jump down, they finally they get to the tomb, they get the stone rolled away. And again, just like with that young lady, it's not just his presence there. When they roll it away, Jesus speaks with a loud voice and says, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. You can't ignore it. He spoke through four days of death. At just those words, he didn't say heal him. Nothing. The word of the Lord is perfect. The Bible says the word, that word and that law is perfect. It'll convert the soul. And, 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 and the word of the Lord will accomplish what it sets out to do. It don't, it don't return void. So he wasn't going to come out with rotten flesh. He wasn't going to come out stinking and nasty and, and, and all, all like some kind of zombie. He, when he said, Lazarus, come forth, that word fixed everything. It fixed. It, uh, he, he had laid there, the, all of a sudden, breath. I say the breath came first because when God made Adam a living soul, he breathed into him. All of a sudden, those lungs that had shriveled up after four days, they just... Is, bright and pink and new as they had ever been. Blood starts flowing through every vein, artery. From the tips of his toes to his fingers, all everywhere, every organ begins to function just like it's a heart pumping, kidneys working, everything's working. And it's working good enough. His legs are working, his feet are working, everything's working good enough for him to get up and come out of that tomb. But when he got there, he was... Uh, in his grave clothes, bound, it said, hand and foot. So I don't know how he came out. I don't know if he was hopping. I don't know how he got out of there. If he was bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, I'm not sure. If they wrapped him up in each leg individual so he could walk, I don't know. But he was bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, a reminder of who he was. He's not dead. You don't put grave clothes on somebody that's living. His face was bound about with a napkin so he couldn't see. And Jesus says unto them, Loose him and let him go. Now that I'm done with him, 
perfect. But you got to do something or he's just going to continue to look dead. Loose him and let him go. Because I didn't just say come forth so he could be alive. Lazarus has got a life to live. Lazarus has got things to do now. This is not his new home. He might come back here one day. Well, he definitely will come back here one day. But not now. It ain't over yet. I still got things for Lazarus to do. Loose him and let him go. People don't need to see the living wearing the clothes of the dead. He was alive, but you can't keep wearing them grave clothes. You can't keep living in the tombs, Lazarus. I didn't resurrect you. I didn't bring you to life so you could stay here thinking about it. I'm sure Lazarus, I don't know what, what, how he struggled. I don't know how it was in his last hours, but you, know, you can just use your own imagination and make up every scenario you want to. Maybe there were a lot of tears being shed for his sisters and maybe for the life. He, he didn't say he was married, so I don't know what he had going on in his life. Maybe all the things that he never did or never accomplished were coming to mind. And maybe he's thinking of all the faults he had and wish he could have done things better. He's just all these things as his life is slipping away from him. And, and he shuts his eyes and takes his last breath thinking about how he didn't finish all he wanted to do. But Jesus had him all along. Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. I know you feel like your life's over. I know you feel like there ain't no getting out of this. Lazarus had no hope that Jesus was going to be there. Nobody had sent for him. He knew Lazarus was sick, but nobody said, Lord, come on and get him. Hurry quick. But Jesus just... Whenever I get there, the miracle will still be perfect. I know you want a quick fix right now, but if Jesus is waiting, it's so the greater miracle can be done. Would have been nothing for him to spoke right there. As soon as they, he knew he was sick, Lazarus be healed. And Lazarus could have just been healed. And they could have sent Jesus' word and said, Hey, about lunchtime yesterday, Lazarus got better. But Jesus has a miracle for you. I always say, you know, Jesus had a miracle with his name on it. He called him by his name. Uh, Jesus has got a miracle with your name on it today. And I know that we believe Jesus for everlasting life and eternal life with him one day. Praise God. Looking forward to that. But until he comes again, I want to live my best life for him. Paul even summed it up in Galatians 2 and 20. He used that same word, live. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Dead. That part, there's a part of my life that's dead. I'm crucified with Christ. But nevertheless, I live. Same word. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, Jesus didn't just give his life so you could be alive. He gave his life so you could live. Live the life that he wants you to live. Be that living sacrifice. Be the light of the world. Be the salt of the earth. Be that testimony for somebody. Be that that person that lifts people up. Be 
uh, somebody that can tell somebody else about Jesus. He didn't save you so you could just live and breathe until he came back. He said, I saved you so you could become a laborer in the harvest. I saved you so you could share your testimony and shine your light so men could see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful today that the Bible says to reckon yourself, in Romans 6, reckon yourself to be alive unto God. And so I am alive unto God today. But that word alive means, it's the same word, it means to live a life. I'm not just living and breathing, but I am living my life for God. Who are we alive for today? Are we living our life unto God? Live your life for Him. Live that life today. Come out of that grave. Come out of that deathbed. Just let God fix you today. Let's stand, maybe at home, if you would stand with us. Those that are here, if we'll stand together, we're going to pray and ask the Lord to just reach into where you are today. It's time for you to, to let the past be the past. It's time to leave the grave clothes behind. You know, in the story of Lazarus in the next chapter, you see Jesus and Lazarus sitting at the table together eating. I'm sure that Lazarus was not wearing his grave clothes at the table. He said, I'm going to put these up. may need them again someday, but not now. I'm, I'm going to pray today that you'll be able to lay those grave clothes aside. I'm going to pray today that you're going to get off that bed and, and start walking in the newness of life and walking in the things that God has for you. You're going to be that better parent, that better spouse, that better friend, that better person in Jesus' name. I know what happened to you was real. I know that what happened hurt you and scarred you. But today, let Jesus make it new. I'm sure maybe sometimes that, I'll tell you, as a child especially, I could imagine that little girl might have had a hard time going back to sleep for a couple of nights. I don't want to shut my eyes again. But you'll realize that once Jesus has done a work, it's going to be all right. It'll be all right. It, it might get hard trusting and taking that step again, but it's going to be all right. I promise you, Jesus is going to make it all right. Let's pray together right now. Precious Lord, oh God, I thank you. Oh, for giving us life and for giving us a life to live. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you can even come into the most dire of situations, the most heinous of situations, the most awful and wicked and evil of situations. You can come into those places of darkness, Lord. The Bible says you called us out of darkness, out of places of death and despair, Lord. You called us out of places of trouble and anguish, God. And Lord, today I'm so thankful that by your word, by your voice, God, today, we can be changed. Your word says that we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, the word of God. Lord, we live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. I pray today, God, that somebody will take a hold of that word. Arise, 
come forth and they'll leave that situation behind. I pray today, God, that you'll start healing the minds and hearts of those that are listening today. And that situations from years gone by will begin to mend and just, and Lord, just like the grave clothes of Lazarus, they'll be folded up and packed up and put away. Oh, part of a terrible past, Lord, but a testimony of what you can do. In the name of Jesus, fix hearts, fix minds, fix emotions today, oh God. Begin to mend relationships today in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord God, today I ask you to bless all that can hear my voice. All that have heard these words, all that can hear these messages. Lord, today, I pray that you'll make your face to shine upon them. That you'll cover them with love and mercy and grace, Lord. And you'll, Lord, with your word, fix everything that's broke. Fix everything that's hurt. Fix everything, Lord, that's dead today. And bring it back to life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Give him a hand clap and shout of praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you for joining with us today. And I hope this encouraged you and blessed you today. We'll make announcements about the remainder of our schedule as we head toward opening back up. We want you to be able to join with us in live stream. Uh, we're going to continue this even after we open up. So if you can't be here, if you live too far away, but you'd like to tune in, we'd love to keep you tuned in with us. So have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.